Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. Uh, welcome back to Herd Tell. Okay, he's one of our favorites, somebody I highly respect and talk to because I value his opinion greatly, even when he's wrong. Dennis Saunders is back on the program. Ordinary Times contributor, writer, also a pastor up in the Minneapolis, St. Paul area, the Twin Cities. You can tell that from the vest and the heavy shirt he's wearing because I hear it's a mite cold up there this time of year, my friend. Yeah, it is cold. And we are just about a week ago, got about 15 inches here in the Twin Cities. So got a lot of snow. So it's uh, break out the vest. <laughs> Break out the vest. He's got a lot of different things going. You have heard the advertisement. Uh, his Church of Maine podcast doing excellently well. You've heard the commercials right here on Hertel. We're proud to support that. Make sure you check that out. But you've also been doing some political writing, my friend. Um, this is not a new theme for you in the couple of years I've known you. The GOP. Here's why I wanted to address this. Because you've been talking for a while about institutionally what the Republican Party is isn't what it's changed into what it isn't here's where i bring this up i think the speaker fight that we just watched that you know what's one of our core values here things don't happen in a vacuum they happen in a sequence that speaker fight didn't happen in a vacuum freedom caucus that's been going on since you know for 2014 2015 a little before some of the same players uh kevin mccarthy that goes back even further uh there's history there this is a lot of the caucus that he already led. This is all, of course, in post-Trump GOP where everybody's trying to figure out what role he has. This is a party. When you talk about, and I'm going to link to a, some of your writing, both in Medium and other places about this. When you're talking about institutionally what the Republican Party is, do we know? Well, I think what it is is that it's not an institution, or at least it, it, it's not anymore. And I would argue it probably hasn't been for about a decade or so. It is, you know, an institution, especially a political party, is a, a party that can is a group of people that can kind of have some type of, of boundaries and rules and do things like raising money or um, trying to kind of work out between people who disagree. And, you know, the Republican Party doesn't do any of that. And so what we saw with um, I mean, 15 rounds to get uh, Kevin McCarthy a speaker is that you don't really have a political party or, or, or you don't really have an institution. And in some ways, not even a political party. What you have are a lot of different people um, and um, lots of different personalities. And when you kind of have that, basically what you have is mob rule. You, you don't really have any type of order at all. Yeah, Dennis Saunders joining us. Let's go through some of this history because you and I are of the age that in our adult lifetimes we've watched. Let's, let's go from Gingrich because that's when this thing kind of started really changing. Uh, mm -hmm. Of course, the contract with America, the GOP gets its first House majority leader in a generation. Big doings, right? Well, I look, I remember this because this was, you know, right when I started <laughs> voting for the first time. 
Uh, we went through Livingston. We went through Gingrich. They both had to resign for uh, untoward things. We'll leave it at that. You kids can go Google those things in your own time. But luckily, the Republican Party was saved by Dennis Hassert. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Who then, you know, did prison time for abusing children. <laughs> then we get to 2015. They depose Bonner with a motion to vacate the chair. That's why that was such a big deal. And Kevin McCarthy really, really wanted it, but he got kneecapped by a couple people, Walter Jones, rest in peace, and some other with a anonymous letter with some allegations. Again, I'm not going to go into it. Y'all go Google it, read your own history. So McCarthy didn't get the brass ring there. They went and offered uh, the store to somebody from up your neck of the woods mm-hmm. um, to come in and save the day. This is, look, this isn't something that just keeps happening. This is a pattern. The yep. House leaders in the GOP cannot keep control of this caucus. That's more than one factor. It's not just the Freedom Caucus. It's not just Trump. This has been going on for, you know, years now. Why? Yes. I think because little by little, I mean, both parties, little by little, have put more and more power in things like primaries. Um that basically get the most kind of reactionary or or radical people uh, to vote. And of course, they're going to vote in the most reactionary or radical people. Um, But it's happening asymmetrically because I think the Democrats at least have some sense of control over their people. Um, You know, a lot has been said about the squad um, and being from the Twin Cities, I am represented by one of the, the squad. Um, and um, they have um, caused a lot of headache, but I think especially uh, Pelosi was able to put some constraints on them and they weren't able to wreak as much havoc as um, could, be, could have been expected. But I think there has been a lot more institutional rot in the GOP, um, less of a, um, there has been basically no controls anymore. So when you have someone like um, a um, Kevin McCarthy, he basically ends up powerless. He has to give as many concessions as possible um, in order to get people to vote for him, or even even just to vote present. Um, and so in the end, he does not have any sense of power. And But that has been something that has been going on for years because um, the institution in, in many ways has been just whittled away. There isn't anything anymore that keeps people in line. Um, now, in the Senate, there is still some of that. Um, you know, Mitch McConnell still has some control over um, his his people. Um, and you can see that things get done in the Senate um, among his, his caucus that I'm pretty sure is not going to happen um, with McCarthy. And, you know, we can't even really say how long McCarthy is going to remain in power because, um, he could easily uh, be deposed a month from now or, or, or even a week from now.
Dennis Saunders joining us. This is part of institutional political party too, though. Mm-hmm. The rules package. I know people don't want to talk exactly. about it. The motion to vacate the chair has been something that's been talked to. We just talked about it. You know, this is how John Boehner was doing things and people didn't like how John Boehner was doing things. So they, this is how they got rid of him. This is part of the institutional stuff. And this is why I understand the argument people are making about is, well, they're hashing this out. Well, here's a couple problems with that argument. Kevin McCarthy was the minority leader of mostly this same group of people with a couple of exceptions of who just came in with this election. But ideologically, those aren't very different. He even made a joke about it to Hakeem Jeffries and everybody laughed. He said, look, I had 100 percent of this caucus two years ago. To see what happened. Well, yeah, we saw what happened. You're the same guy with the same people. You didn't really have control of them. You didn't really have leadership of them. Forget the politics. I'm just talking basic leadership. This is the same group of people. He it wasn't just that he's had years to work on this. He's been working on this for years and he couldn't get it done with this group of people. That's part of what we're talking about. The levers of power actually welding power. You mentioned it with the folks on the left and the Democratic Party. The conservative and right leaning folks will all go, well, of course, they're more ideologically aligned. I'm not sure that's really true. I think they just have a better handle on things. And yes, there's some more ideological alignment. But part of that's because y'all haven't kept your folks in line and you don't have the leadership to keep them in line. Is that a fair way to put it? Yeah, I would actually go and say there probably are people that want to keep people in line. But I don't think that they have necessarily the power or the structure to do so anymore. Um, one of the things that I has, has always bothered me when people are commenting about Republicans, especially Republicans in the House, when it comes, especially during the Trump years, is that, well, you know, why didn't they stand up to Trump? Well, the fact is, there were a lot of representatives that did stand up to Trump. Um, Mark Sanford did. So did Peter Meyer. Um, so did. Jamie Herrera Butler. Of course, all of those people are no longer in Congress. And the problem is, is that those people, they do stand up, but they get primaried because these people, they will find someone that will run against them. And because, of course, there is no, no structure, there's nothing there to protect those members in a way that, let's say, if a Democrat were somewhat critical, would be somewhat protected from their leadership. The leadership in the GOP that just doesn't have that power. And so not only do they have the power there to protect people, but they don't have a power of reining people in. Um, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene lost her committee, committee, committee assignments in the Democratic um, Congress. That's not going to happen now. Um, one, because McCarthy needs her, but two, she's quite powerful. I mean, I'm not powerful from an institutional standpoint, but powerful from a personal standpoint, because she has a following and people will go after him. Um, and so that type of loss of structure means you can't control anyone and you also can't speak up for uh, when something is going wrong, because there's just nothing there. All it is is pure personality. Yeah, Dennis Saunders joining us. Let's talk about that for a second when it comes to the Republican Party. And the Democrats have this too. So y'all want to say, well, what? I understand that. We're just not talking about them right now. We can talk about them some other time. Mm-hmm. 
Congress, you always have a couple cranks because there's always these little pockets of the country where you just get a wackadoo that's in Congress for 40 years. It's always been that way. You can go back to the first Congress. You can go back to the 1800s, the 1900s, whatever. You know, there's always been these folks on here. The problem now is with nationalization. Now, when you get a Matt Gates or you get a Lauren Bobbert, they're fundraising off whatever's going on on camera in real time, you know. Matt Gates should not be able to hold up a speaker vote by himself, but that just happened because it's changed. What you just taught Marjorie Taylor Greene, of course, is a little smarter than the rest of them. She buddied up to McCarthy because she wants those committee assignments back. Mm -hmm. Let's all be adults about that. But she switched sides because she's like, oh, I can go to them and I can get power back. I'm going to get power that way. People like Gates and Bobbert, they don't care. They just want power through the attention. But they get power through the attention, and that's the change I don't think we've really dealt with. So to be fair, and I'm I'm all for bashing McCarthy because he, you know, he 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 authored this play himself. However, I think that part of it's just beyond his control. It's changed, and the GOP has been so driven in the Trump era by this stuff. I don't know that you can have any institutional control over that. Is that a fair way to put it? Yeah, I, I don't think you can have any institutional control right now. And I don't even know if, if you are ever going to have institutional control. One of the things I think that that kind of going back to Donald Trump is that I, you know, I think Trump is not a smart person, but he is a cagey person. He has that kind of animal instinct. And one of the things I think he sensed early on was that the GOP didn't really have a structure and that he could just come in and take it over. And that is exactly what he did. And so, and also now you have a whole bunch of kind of little Trumps that are coming in doing the same thing. They know that there is no structure. They know that they won't be punished for um, acting like a jackass uh, on in national television. They will be actually probably be rewarded. So as long as there's not anything there, they can do what they want. And the thing about institutions, I think that they are pretty easy to knock down. And I think this is within the GOP has been, the the structure has, has been knocked down over years, but it takes a heck of a long time to rebuild ins- institutional structure. And so I don't see us rebuilding a structure within the GOP within the next five years or so. I mean, you can start, but it's going to take a long time. And in the meantime, you're going to have lead, you're going to have people like Lauren Boebert and Matt Gates just kind of taking a wrecking ball to the American political system. Yeah, Dennis Saunders joined it. Look, the easy thing to go is just sit back and go, not my circus, not my monkeys. I'm not cleaning this mess up. Look, you can chisel unaffiliated voter on my voter card. It's not changing anytime soon. It's been that way for a while. Mm -hmm. So it would be easy for me to just say that. However, it is unhealthy for the country, for the GOP to be in this state, regardless of what your political persuasion is. I don't think they have a bit of appetite for any kind of institutional control. To be fair, I don't think they could do it if they wanted to with the current leadership, even if they had an appetite to do it. It's going to take some outside leader, not outside as a not Republican, but outside of not this current group to come in, take control of the whole thing and redo it. This is always going to be personality based from now on. 
yeah. or at least in the near future. So if you got a strong leader, you'll have a strong party. When you don't have a strong leader, you won't have a strong party. That looks like a cycle that's going to continue for a while. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think that I think it's going to take at least 10 or 15 years to to get in a new crop of people that are going to be able to build something. Uh, again, because it just takes a long time to rebuild all of these things. You have to, one, I don't know if we even have the institutional memory. And then two, you have to kind of um, grow new leaders that can actually kind of come up with different ways and also have something that can kind of depose the current system. Um, if you can call it a system. But um, yeah, we're, I think we're just going to have to kind of deal with the political system as it is right now, which is a mess. And it's going to be a mess. Um, again, because in some ways, I think the GOP hasn't spent the time trying to preserve parts of the, the system. Um, with very few examples, you know, the only uh, only example of someone that I think is trying to preserve some sort of a, of a sense of order in a system again is Mitch McConnell. But other than that, there is nothing left, and you're just going to have to rebuild. And rebuilding anything takes time, and in the meantime, it's just going to be sheer hell. Dennis Saunders joining us. Let's talk about Mitch real quick, though, because here's the thing. He, he he's smart. He knows what's going on. And despite what some folks on the on the MAGA right are telling you, he he's pretty effective in what he does. Uh, yes. There's nothing that Donald Trump accomplished that didn't go through Mitch McConnell. Sorry. Mm -hmm. That's just the facts. All those Supreme Court justices, all that. Mitch can read a calendar and he can read seats. He knows that if he can just hang in there for the next two years, all the heat's going to be on this GOP house. They're going to have a good look at getting the Senate back just because of the geography of it, because they got six or seven swing states and or red states that are going to be very, very gettable. He's sitting there looking like, I'm going to get one more run at this majority leader. I may even get a Republican president if I'm lucky about it. And the GOP house is going to be a circus and they're going to get all the heat and I can just ride under the radar for a while. That's pretty much the plan. Yeah. Yes, it is. We, he he is not a dummy, and he knows how to play the long game. Um, I think the 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 thing about the current leadership or lack thereof is that they don't play the long game. They really only pay for the the current moment, um, and you know basically they're in the business of fundraising and get and getting clicks. Um, McConnell is in there for the long game, so he knows what he needs to do to um, stay in power, to maintain the power, to grow power. Um, and I think that that's going to be the thing that you're going to see come 24. Um, also, because, uh, because I think that uh, Donald Trump's power is somewhat diminished. He, he's probably not going to be picking as many Senate candidates in two years. So 
it's kind of all gravy for him. And all he has to do is kind of wait and see the house basically kind of immolate themselves. And um, he's there to pick up the pieces. Yeah, Dennis Saunders. I hate to project because we're always wrong when we project, but I'm just looking at the calendar here. We have the debt limit coming up in August. We already know that that's a non-starter for the same people that just, you know, MacArthur just had to give the house away. We're going to have some kind of a budget and or continuing resolution in October right after that. McCarthy doesn't get out of this year intact, does he? I don't even know if he gets out of this year as speaker. I mean, I just don't. I think they're going to find some way of, of, of excuse of trying to get rid of him. And so I just don't see that he's going to last there very long. I think, you know, it was a victory for him on Friday, but I think it's going to be a Pyrrhic victory. And I think those same people are going to find some way of, um, getting him out and stabbing him in the back. Yeah, probably. Dennis Saunders. I'll leave it at this with you, though, because I'll ask you, because, again, it's easy for me to just sit back and lob bombs at it. But to be fair, what's the hope if you're a Republican Party person who wants the party to be okay and to have less chaos? Because you're going to have some chaos here. Is it a presidential candidate that comes in and reigns all this in? Is it the next ideological guy? Is it some kind of change? Is it, well, maybe this GOP house is so chaotic, maybe we start changing course? Or do you have no hope? Where are you at on all this? Um, I'm kind of all over the place. I think there is some hope in at the state level. Um, you know, we saw what happened in Georgia um, in November, that it was kind of the, the non- Trumpy candidates that were the ones that won. Um, and that happened in other states as well. I think, you know, seeing people like, even though they are, they have now are leaving office, but Larry Hogan and Charlie Baker, that's somewhat hopeful. But I think one of the things that is um, both hopeful and frustrating is that I think the people that I would like to have seen really kind of help to, um, maybe at least start with the rebuilding um, are people kind of kind of like me that would, would have been never Trump folk. Um, and I feel like that was a lost opportunity that we haven't really done that, um, that we spent more time just kind of lobbying bombs instead of um, basically saying, okay, we need to kind of build something, even if it's an exile, so that when the time comes, we're ready. Um, and that hasn't been done. I think that for whatever reason, maybe it's just anger at, at what has happened over the last few years, but we haven't spent that time really trying to build the structure, trying to find candidates um, that can be a better alternative. Um, and so that's kind of a, a lost hope there. So I think that the you know the the picture for me is mixed. I think there are still some, there's still some hope at the state level um, that can, I think, make some kind of maintain kind of, or at least present a different alternative um, than what's happening in Washington. But at least at the national level, I won't say that there is no hope, but I think it's one of those things where you just have to be patient and it's going to be a long time and it's going to be ugly 
and it's going to be frustrating. Yeah, well, you don't have a long time because we got a presidential election cycle underway right now. So good luck to that. We'll see how Yay. that all shakes out. <laughs> Dennis Saunders, one of our good friends, talking a little GOP this time. Uh, we'll spend a little time bashing the other side next time, just for equal time. But it's good to talk about this instead of some of the other stuff we've had to talk about before, my friend. Let folks know where they can follow you. They can hear your advertisement for your podcast, but you got three or four different things going on that really touch on some good stuff. I think somebody needs to touch on. And I like hearing your opinion on let folks know where they can find you, follow you and what you got going on until we get you back on her tell again. Sure. Well, you can uh, look at my Substack that has the, my podcast and also um, my, um, some articles that I write on religious issues. And that is at church and main all one word dot Substack. Uh, dot com. Um, you can also um, go to um, my the website. It's kind of a direct website for the um, for the podcast at churchandmain.org. And then also, um, if you want to read some of the articles that I write, especially on um, political issues, um, that is at Dennis Sanders, all one word, dot medium, dot com. And you can find me on um, um, on Twitter at Denmin. Yep, that's men with two ends, like Minnesota. For those of you from Logan, uh, it's all good <laughs> stuff. I get look. I like talking religion with you. I like talking pop culture with you. Stuff. Just always appreciate your opinion a great deal, my friend. I find you to be a unique voice, but somebody I respect and listen to on a lot of things. So well, always appreciate you so your time. Hope people find your stuff and uh, love the podcast. Keep doing what you're doing, my friend. All right. Take care. All right, sir. Talk soon. Folks, if you've listened to the Herd Tell program, you've heard our friend Gabriella Hoffman, but you need to make sure you're checking out her podcast, District of Conservation. It's a podcast exploring the nuances of true conservation efforts from D.C. and beyond. From topic discussions to exclusive interviews with conservation and energy newsmakers, Gabriella keeps listeners appraised of the latest news stories while elevating important voices. Listen to the District of Conservation on Apple Podcasts or wherever podcasts are played. Folks, you've heard of Ethan Brown on the Hurt Tell Show a couple of different times, but if you're interested in learning about how to discuss things like climate change without all the politics and doom and gloom, head over to his podcast, The Sweaty Penguin. Sweaty Penguin is a late-night comedy-style climate podcast working to add nuance, critical thinking, humor, and hope to the climate conversation. they got over 100 episodes already, breaking down weekly news stories and specific topics from the vanilla to the ADHD to the international accountability to orangutans. Yes, I know, it's a comedy thing, so just go with it. But each time, exploring different ways we can make progress on these issues while still helping the economy, health, security, and everything else we care about. Feel overwhelmed, exhausted, or excluded by today's climate change discourse? This is the podcast for you. Find The Sweaty Penguin wherever you get your podcast or at www.thesweatypenguin.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early 
so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.